Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what, what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Katie Flower. You may beat me, but you will not outwork me. Tim Torch. There's only one winner, Chad. Find their written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to Under the Helmet. Look at some long-term player value in fantasy football. I'm your host, Chad Parsons, joined by Katie Flower, the official podcast of UTHDynasty.com. Support the show, become a general manager plus subscriber. And I got some great news for everybody. Uh, one of the uh, issues and one of the resolutions that have been going on over the past uh, week and a half, I would say, uh, where it started with a problem, it turned into a big problem, and turned out, I think, on the other side of the problem is... People will be happy to know um, I'm changing podcasting platforms. Uh, it's the first time I've really looked into that since uh, starting the podcast back in 2011. Here's the good news for everybody. Uh, so subscribers, uh, if you're thinking of subscribing, is that now the UTH Premium Podcast, which previously you had to download, yes, there was a mobile app, but no, you could not get the premium shows on basically whatever app you wanted, Apple Podcasts or um, Overcast, I believe, is one that a lot of people have been using uh, or whatever you typically use for other shows, uh, listening, etc. That now you can get UTH premium shows on their own channel delivered to whatever podcast app you want. So that is a huge upgrade. I've had a lot of gripes where people go, you know what? I just, you know, I love listening to you, but it's on a separate thing and I don't listen there ordinarily. And it's just, I got to remember to go over there specifically for UTH. And frankly, it's a pain. I totally get it. And you know what? I did listen to every, I, I would listen to it, you know, on my own, getting the shows ready to be published, etc. But I understand. But now that's no longer a barrier. So if that is something that is key to you, and it would be key to me if I was subscribing, uh, you can sign up and not have to worry about that. And also support the show by going to patreon.com slash UTH. We've got a live strategy session every Wednesday night in season. We talk about all the submitted questions, uh, player value for the given week, um, and plenty of things, uh, as well as other content. Tim Torch and I do a, a waiver show every Tuesday night. So good stuff to support over there but did want to make that announcement so if you do not have access to that and you are a general manager plus subscriber uh, i tried to hit everybody in terms of emailing at least once if not twice plus sending the invite but if you are listening and you don't have access contact me admin at utsdynasty.com and i will make sure to hook you up uh, as soon as i see it all right katie i'm really excited about this because i had i i what always happens sometimes is i make a boatload of, of list of things to talk about but i'm more excited about what you shared uh in the uth bat channel texting earlier today which is you're a part of a mock draft uh in november november mock draft and uh, this is the first time I'm viewing it, and they're about six rounds in. So this is a mid-season data point, which can be skewed heavily by what's going on. It could settle in a different direction by January with another half season. But also, in January, when people aren't setting lineups, it can also look differently. What's been your overarching observation so far before we get into some of the granular stuff? Well, we, we started it before the games on Sunday. So I think if people are really knee-jerk, reactionary, it would have 
jog these things around. But it's it's not just the average Joe. This is a uh, startup mock draft, regular uh, quarterback, start one, start one at every position, and then flex four or five, I can't remember exactly, uh, of whoever you want other than a quarterback. And it's been interesting in terms of not just the rookies and the order of where they are taken, but the value and and the pockets of value and where they're dropping, um, you know, and, and how can you work that into trading? Because right. right now, for example, Zeke was at the 103, which is pretty much where he's been going. But we all know that Dallas is a dumpster fire this year and – uh, Add another half season of potentially non-Zeke-like production, and what does that do? Exactly. And and so I saw a trade earlier today in one of my leagues. There was a guy that is contending, and he was in dire need of some running back help. And he traded to get Zeke a 21 first and a 22 first. Now, I don't like to ever trade consecutive first for a stud at least get a couple if it's a good class get a couple from that same draft class so that at least you got a better chance than it being the 112 two years in a row and I'm not saying that it will for this guy's roster but he should at least make the playoffs and he should make the playoffs two years in a row barring any major uh you know calamities so and trying to get even one typical Zeke year from both of those picks combined and ever from those players is a tall order. It was just a very, very low... I mean, for a guy that's number three, arguably a top five dynasty startup right. pick, you're trading him for two... But he's not going to be traded like that. Uh, to be honest, he's not being traded... Like, I always talk about the difference between number one, mock drafts and real drafts, and number two is drafting a new team and trading in an existing league are all different environments. Absolutely. But you can get the pulse a little bit yes. on some of these players and where they're being valued when you do mock drafts and when you do actual startup drafts. I know it's not the exact same as the trade market, but it was just a shock. And then the guy actually said in chat, I think I overpaid. Oh, I do that all the time. Like, I think that's what? a funny line. No, I think that's a yeah. funny line when it's when it's slanted in one direction or the other to say a comment in the contrary of like, yeah. of like well, I you know, know I you do it all or, the time, yeah, yeah, I just, but I'm just saying I don't think that this guy thought about it like that. I think he actually no, really thought that he overpaid. But my other well, and the, this is different than because let's paint a different picture though, and, and to, to go back to something you said, and this this is the whole sell a stud and be very careful in how you do it sort of thing. Because obviously, you know, we, we've mentioned this before that you didn't shop around the league because you probably could have got something better elsewhere. But that if one of the if one if that pick in 2021, let's say it was a pick that that contending team had from another owner that was like top three. That's a different conversation, That's different. right? I mean, right. let me yes. rebuild. Zeke is 25. He'll be 26. This team's a wash. And it actually helps me to get him off my roster, probably. But I'm getting a, I'm going to probably get a 21 year old with that top pick. 
and it's going to be someone with high draft pedigree, maybe not Zeke's top five pedigree, but I'm resetting the clock to 21, 22 years old, getting the whole thing, getting more insulation than if Zeke is actually, you know, there's a few, few little cracks in the foundation. I'm not going to contend probably in 2021 either. And then he's going to be, you know, if I, I'm actually contending, he's going to be 27, you know, and just, so, I mean, you can paint stories like that, but at least you got a cornerstone high pick in what should be a pretty good class at wide receiver. We'll see about running back, but just you've got a chance there. Late first, could you? Sure, you could. You absolutely could, but you could hit on both of those picks. But just it's a real sharp shooting. You're putting yourself at the risk. You are taking all the risk. And And at least one of the picks, maybe both of the picks, are from the team you traded Zeke to. That's If you did that, see, that's the other thing. You just hurt the picks. Right. Yeah, exactly. That is like, you know, can I tell you one thing? So this is like... No, you can tell me two if you want. Two things. Okay, two things. <laughs> I've got one and then I guess I'll vamp for the second thing. That, so what? one thing, I don't know if you've done this, Katie. So if you get a team's first round pick, you make a trade a year out, two years out, beginning of the season, whatever it is, then the team, like you don't sell the like flip players to that team. Exactly. Because it you hurts cut them off. the asset you... Right. So now here's the other thing, though. If it is a true Fugazi <laughs> that I don't think makes any difference, I am okay trading it to that team. But the right. point in yeah. general, though, a meaningful, possibly of consequence player, I won't go back there because you're 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 poisoning the well in which your your cup drinketh or whatever the line would go. That So I have this pick, and even if it hurts it by one spot, you hurt yourself for no reason. Yes. You know, so so just you sold Zeke to a team and if you took the two first they had from their own team, what are we doing here? Right. So many faults there. Yeah, exactly. It's just a good example of what not to do. Right. And all, if, well, if you're falling around, out, frankly. again, if you're falling out, I don't blame you uh, for wanting to trade Zeke, but at least get Right. But you're not getting a player. Here's, well, here's the interesting part though. If you're trading picks. Zeke, like it seems like there's not even a you might not even get first round startup return in an existing league. From right. from the general consensus over the last 7 to 10 days since Dak Prescott went out and then we saw one game where it's like this is an S show. Since right. that point, it seems like it's been a very tough sledding. But that said, uh, I mean, you should be aggressively trying to start high. Like, can I go Zeke to Barkley? Can I go right. Zeke and a little to get Barkley? Can I go Zeke to, you know, Taylor plus? Can I, like, you should be starting there. Zeke for Jacobs plus. Start there, and then you can work your way to whatever you want. You can have whatever endpoint you want, but you got to start up there where I think it's appropriate. Right, and make here's everyone a, say no to all those things. Exactly. Here's another. Here's another good trading tip or point at this time of the season. If you're in multiple leagues, especially, or if you're on Twitter and you see a lot of the Twitter trades and you see a lot of deals that are going down with a player that you've been trying to shop and market, and you want to get them off your team. So, say, for example, a James Robinson. In this mock draft, James Robinson went at two point eleven. So that helps also show what people are thinking of his value. I've seen him go for first straight up. I've seen him go for players and then uh, like a player. I never saw him go for Swift when Swift was 
not quite getting the start, but that type of caliber uh, straight up or uh, even if you had to throw a little something in or something like that. And I actually, I have traded one of my James Robinson shares for a DeAndre Swift, but it was in a bigger deal, so it was kind of a masked, a masked package. But the point is, uh, I had somebody ask me, you know, well, shoot, I think that we should try to trade James Robinson in this league. Our team's not doing that great. These are the kinds of guys that I would really like to get. And he goes, but I think that we're only going to be able to get and then listed off a few other names. And I said, okay, go for what you really want to get first. At least <laughs> right. try it, right? At, I mean, it, it sounded like this person was not even going to try that first. I said, but you've got to try it because you don't know. Like Mike Evans, for example, I still really like Mike Evans. His value has taken a hit for a lot of different reasons, right, wrong, and different. And if that's the player that you're thinking is where you want to be, it doesn't hurt to try to send in a trade offer and see what the temperature of that other owner is. And then if they say, no, you've got your bottom, uh, you know, the lowest amount that you would take. And if they counter or don't counter, you've got other owners that you're working with. But don't settle, <laughs> you know, try for what you want first and know what you're willing to accept. What's in the tagline at the end of every UTH show? Exactly, exactly. What's one of the three tenets? Never settle. Refuse Never to be settle. Grind, grind the S out of yeah. the trade market. And if yep. that means sending 20 offers in your 1.0 canvassing about James Robinson or Zeke or whatever, then you send those out. Then what, you know what you do? You put your hands under your butt as if you're trying to keep them warm and you stop and you wait and you sit there. And those are the offers that you really want. Those are, And again, they should all be close enough. You're going to have preferences, but you sit there and you go, you know, if I, if I have an email waking up next tomorrow or see in two hours that I've got four declinations and then I see one completed trade in that league that it's like a Christmas present. You don't know which one it is. Why? Because you didn't send, send one offer. <laughs> when you send out one offer, you know exactly one, which one was accepted because you sent one. But if you yep. send 20, again, it's like a, ooh, you know, there might be two or three that I really have my eye on. I really think, you know, if it was those, I would be most pleased. But you like them all. That's why you sent them. So you sent all those out. And at some point, though, not everyone's going to get back to you. You know, some are still going to be out there a day or two later, and that's okay. So at some point you go, eh, you know, I've gotten enough responses. It's time to go back to the other teams. You can leave the other ones out there for those two or three teams that haven't responded. But maybe you say, you know, this is a little timely. I would like to see, you know, where we are in the marketplace, see if I could make this move before kickoff. Uh, you know, so that's why you send offers on Tuesday or Wednesday. And then it might be Thursday or Friday. You come back around. And if you've gotten enough replies, and sometimes in a few hours you get enough replies, you circle back to those teams that have replied. And now you might... Go to your 2.0 plan, you know, where here, you know, it was so-and-so in a first. Well, maybe you'd still do for so-and-so in a second, or maybe you would do, uh, you know, so in two players, but the other one is kind of a proxy for a first. You didn't send that the, one, that, that the first time. Uh, so those types of things. But you see where I'm going with this. It's not something that you're like, oh, I'm going to fix this in an hour. Like that, you need to give yourself more time. And I know you feel sometimes in season you don't have time, like the off season. But you do have time. You do have time. You want to think about not having a lot of time? 
Uh, let's go back to thinking about a startup draft when you're on the clock or a rookie draft when you're on the clock. That is actual pressure because there's a clock literally ticking and it usually is in the form of hours. So that is the most timely you will need to be. Or I guess, you know, if you really want to make a move and flip a guy before kickoff and it's Sunday morning, you got to be a little more pressing than that. And Maybe that's a time where you go to your bargain, not bargain, but your brass tax with my final Here's my final offer. Here's the actual one. It's so-and-so for an early third. I got to get it off the books right now, and they're a flip guy, and I don't want at their risk of injury or whatever, and I don't want to take on their points because I'm, uh, you know, I'm not contending or potential points or whatever. So those are situations where I get that you need to be a little more straightforward on this is what it'll take, here it is, and let's do this. I, only, I don't have time. You know, Got to head to church, got a business meeting. Something's got to happen here. Uh, but... But anyway, um, let's – all right. I have a couple of big-picture observations. Before okay. I blurt those out and get your, your your opinion on that, would you like to start with one? From the opening, we have six six rounds-ish of data points in this draft. Yes, yeah, six rounds are complete, and we're into the third pick of the seventh round. Um, Give me one it, macro view. Okay, macro view in a not start a, not one – Not a specific player. In a start one quarterback league – and six rounds are done, there have been five gone. In a start one tight end league, and it's not even tight end premium. Five quarterbacks, just to clarify. Yeah, five quarterbacks. Okay. I thought I said that. But five quarterbacks are gone by the end of round six. Actually, yep. by the five quarterbacks by the Maybe end round of round five, five yep. if we want to get technical. And five tight ends by the end of round six. And Ertz isn't even in there. Um, which is kind of interesting. So uh, to see that many quarterbacks and tight ends in a non-premium format, Mm -hmm. (sighs) Dynasty is for for the long term. And I personally... I mean, you can see it just from this mock draft alone. I, I like to build my wide receiver core. My running backs all get organically throughout, you know, the first year or two's rookie drafts and quarterback and tight end. I prefer the older guys for the most part anyway, and I'm fine, especially in a non-premium format. I'm fine streaming guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick or whoever, not him right this particular moment, but guys like him, you know, for the first year or two until I can get my fuzzy dice in the mirror and add that accessory to my car. When my car is ready to kick into full gear, um, I've mentioned that analogy before, and it's the same thing. I probably won't even take a quarterback until, unless I start to see uh, a really good value player dropping in round 12, 13 range. I'm still keeping my foot on the gas of what I consider best player available, best value available in each round. Yeah, um, I think that's a good one. Um, I'll say this, uh, let's see, I'll go with, uh, I'll go with this observation. Number one. Um, I think from how this looks, from just looking at the top of this positional board, one macro viewpoint would be that this might be the most ambiguous point or cross-section of the calendar from maybe a month ago to January. Let's see how this works out. But in terms of there is not going to be a big consensus between who is wide receiver one and who is wide receiver four, five, six, seven. Like you can put a cutoff point wherever you want, 
But there are more quote unquote contenders for who's going to go number one, who's going to be number four, who are you going to get at wide receiver seven, I think, than we were used to in recent years. The pecking order or the consensus of, oh, well, once this guy goes at wide receiver, I can just step up and take this guy. Um, from this draft, I would say good luck predicting that. Yeah. And, you know, just from all of my experience of actual drafts, just seeing the way that this board is unfolding, I would for sure have traded out of the first, probably yeah. the second, and probably the third rounds. Did uh, you see? Can I, I know exactly why you made your pick at 108 the way you did. Okay. Can I can I guess what it is, knowing you a little sure. bit? Sure. All right. So you I, can I, guess. I, I, I guess. Here's what I would I would guess though is that number one the first thing would be there's no chance you were sitting there at 108 thinking to yourself well even if I wanted AJ Brown he'll be gone right 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 there no be, I AJ Brown yeah. wide receiver one wide receiver yep. one that's not going to happen in many drafts I mean again right. love the guy but um so and I here's the thing I don't think you actually have or would take DK Metcalf as wide receiver two. You did, but here's my theory. You did it because you say, he's going to be gone by my next round. And you know what? There's three or four other guys. I'm sure one of those guys will be there then. Is that pretty close to accurate? That's very accurate. And okay. this was before Sunday's game, so it wasn't even When he influenced. put up 78 points. It, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was insane. But this was before that game, so mm -hmm. that was not the influence. But yes, I looked at the tier. A.J. Brown going at 107 meant that the entire board of wide receivers are at my fingertips. I didn't think that uh, Devontae Adams would last to my next pick, but I, I felt between Anybody DeAndre Hopkins could. between DeAndre Hopkins or Michael Thomas and even Mike Evans, I knew that one of those guys would be there right. pretty pretty sure. And that's why I went Metcalf first. And, Metcalf and plus, let's face it, Metcalf at 22 years old with you know 900 right. plus yards last year tied to a great quarterback having another great year. The floor is really high. The floor, yeah. I mean, he is a beast and he's looking every bit the part. So yeah. I, I don't see anything. I would have traded back. I would not have. Uh, right. You don't think that that's the ultimate optimization of value is to sit at in the mid first probably and actually take a wide receiver at this point no not really i mean it's like the first is there a big difference between that and the mid second the first two rounds are kind of like buying a brand new car off a of a car lot and as yeah. soon as you drive it off the car lot you, you lose really value like that car <laughs> yeah well exactly and and there's so much value to be had by trading back I, I can't tell you how many right. times. I mean, that's the whole UTH philosophy to get more in a startup in a round, is that in a year one is the least important. Right. Get more draft capital. Um, and and whether it's draft capital in this draft or in future, uh, you know, get future first, stockpile those as much as best as you can. But really, uh, you know, especially looking at what I ended up with through six rounds, I mean, that's a killer core. I, I would be happy with that if I had to stay and right. pick. Observation number two. Yes. Is it's, it was, a let's say on a one to 10 scale, it was about a six or a seven or maybe an eight in 2020 offseason drafts where the, wow, you can really wait on wide receiver. The wide receiver in the mid rounds 
is way better than usual in terms of maybe the veterans that are still, it's not like they're 33, the veterans that can provide you one to two seasons of kind of what you expect, uh, you know, and, and select younger pedigreed guys that just maybe have a little tarnish to them, but you can still like them. And especially since they're going to be down your depth chart a little bit, but seeing what number one you did and number two, some of the names you didn't take that the opening 30, 35, 40 wide receivers, there's a lot of really good names that if you get three or four of them, and as long as just as you're going along, like you don't have to have like super, it's these four or five guys and anybody else I don't want. Like I'm just looking at this going, this could be a 10 on the one to 10 scale this coming off season of, you know, those mid rounds could be super valuable of even around five or six being like, look at this, look at the wide receiver I'm getting here that this is sort of the profile you might expect in round three. Yes. It's exactly. awesome. I mean, you exactly. took five of them in a row. So I'm, I'm I, no, six of them in a row. So I'm preaching yeah. to the choir. But even the some of the guys you didn't take, and I think it's interesting because you got, I mean, Calvin Ridley, first round, CeeDee Lamb, first round. Yet what do you do? You can flip right over and see, well, Jerry Judy went in the fourth round. Brandon Ayuk went, you know, at the, what is that, into the fifth round. And it's like, so I can get a three or four round discount on C.D. Lamb and get those guys for that much cheaper. You got Allen Robinson in round four, Robert Woods out in round six. I mean, this that that's tremendous, especially when you're building a, a roster and a lineup that, I mean, almost all those guys, if not all those guys can start for you. I mean, it's just, that is... Uh, I mean, they're just handing you a lot of points and a lot of production profiles that, and Will Fuller out in round seven. He didn't yeah, get and Brandon today, Cooks is way. still on the board. I mean, I, and I thought there's... Chase Claypool was the hottest guy in the planet. He goes round five. And here's the one yeah. thing I'd remind folks this is a one quarterback, one tight end format, super flex. Once you get to what, round later round two and round three and beyond, everything we're going to reference, bounce it out around. A round right. and a half, right? I mean, so if Tyler Lockett's round five in Superflex, what is that, seven? Yeah. What are we talking here? Seven? Odell Beckham round seven, eight? Allen Robinson round five or six or seven? This is ridiculous, right? Yeah. Justin Jefferson, I thought Justin Jefferson three weeks ago or whatever was one of the hottest guys on the planet. And you're talking about round four? Yeah, he went 401. So he's going to be six in a Superflex? So I just, this but there, is, that that speaks to how much just overall talent that there is. Right, a lot of pro- also, you know what? At, young and, running backs with jobs and profiles helps, and you know, yeah. and, and all this mid wide receiver depth, it speaks to being able to trade down potentially, as you referenced, you would do in a real draft. It means that maybe you do get one cornerstone running back, and then you circle back, you get three or four or trade wide receivers. And then, you know, you build some running backs later on, but there's just so much, so many options you have. And again, would you, a question I have, slightly rhetorical, but not really, that okay. most, most, what are we doing drafting one quarterback leagues? Can I ask you? I mean, I don't get very many questions from people of saying, I'm in a one quarterback league. Here's some, can I get some trade advice or I have this question? It's very heavy super flex. So it, it is, but this is as much to help with DLF ADP. No, I understand. And and but it's this a good an exercise. Accrue, yeah. 
Right. I mean, it was the first one that I saw that had an opening yep. and I wanted to participate. Yes, I prefer Superflex, but this is this is a great exercise for many reasons. And one of them is to see how early people will take that quarterback in a start one quarterback league. Now, would they really do this if it were their actual draft? Man, I'd, I don't know. But there's always somebody that that jumps at the Patrick Mahomes and the Russell Wilsons and the Kyler Murrays, et cetera. But there's always that value to be had by waiting. And uh, I also have a rule. You notice that I let DeAndre Swift go by and I let, you know, a lot of the young running backs go by that I really like. And part of that is because in a mock draft, I want to take... See You want to see where they go. I want to see where they go, right. I want to take the guys that I think are really good values for the pick. So it's not just wasting time or, or whatever. I like, I think Other that Mike Metcalf, Evans in round you three, fallers. you just took fallers. Exactly. And, but that, that are kind of ug- not ugly, but unsexy profiles. Let's say that. Right. So I've got DK Metcalf, Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, Alan Robinson, Odell Beckham, and Robert Woods. I did pass on all those running backs but that was a specific strategy of the mock draft because let's face it, I would have traded back at least my first and second round picks, maybe my third round pick, depending I'd be stockpiling picks in these rounds five through eight plus future firsts and and things like that. So then I could Evans or Robinson as your wide receiver one. Exactly. And then you can get guys like Antonio Gibson and, uh, you know, some of the other guys like Zach Moss is still on the board. Uh, Ronald Jones is still on the board. Uh, Singletary. I mean, there's still a bunch of decent young running backs that are available. And I will start scooping some of them up shortly. But just saying that part of this process for me is, and, and I stayed away from the rookie wide receivers for those same exact. Like, I like Jerry Judy. I like. T. Higgins. But you want to see I, where they go. But I want to see where they go. Exactly. And uh, Cortland Sutton ended up in the sixth round, which for somebody that's been injured, as long as he's been injured out of sight, out of mind, I thought that was a pretty well, is, doggone... Isn't that the only way Michael Thomas goes at 205? Oh, I know. That's a- the absolutely. only reason, right? Is because well, he's out of sight, out of mind. Well, and that he's been in a scuffle and he's starting to look like a Richard Head to his teammates and people are kind of wondering if he's going to well, end up like people also a, wonder if Drew Brees is going to play know. next year. Well, and... exactly. Ex- there's so many. And then that's where you get value or that's where you get good tradeback opportunities. Thomas because Thomas will stink then. Thomas will, <laughs> Thomas will yeah. be not as good of a player if Drew Brees isn't around. Yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure the Saints will have zero plan. They have no plan to contend beyond this year if Drew Brees is not there. None. None. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I'm sure I'm sure Sean Payton could not fathom ever working with another quarterback <laughs> in his career. Um, yeah. yeah, some of these, I mean, I think when you, when you look at, number one, just the top-end running backs, it's really deep that you, so you, you mentioned you let Swift go, he goes mid-third. Nick Chubb goes late second. Yep. I mean, again, that was another one that I about, had on my list, but yeah, but talk about, you know, the fact, you know, it's, it's, what have you done for me lately? He's out right now. He's out now. Does that, I mean, does he maybe go James Robinson, Dob- went you know, does he maybe him. go three or four or five picks higher if Chubb had been playing this whole time? You know, I mean, is that the, upside? he maybe would be first round. Uh, maybe, yeah. maybe. I yeah, mean, but, well, he Sanders, was putting up Sanders good numbers the, even with Kareem Hunt. Sanders went at the one, two turn. He hasn't been playing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just, 
anyway, like he has, it's not like he's had a profound breakout year that everyone expected. So it's been uh, some oscillations there. So I just, I always find, and again, this is just to give some people backstory. I mean, when I first started writing dynasty fantasy football stuff years and years ago, you know, and I would say some listeners weren't even alive back then, but they were, everyone was alive. I haven't been doing it that long. I'll say, be able to say that in 20 years, but, um, but I used to write up, you know, two, 3000 word articles on one team's startup draft and talk about their strategy and go by position, do one for the whole league, write up each position, uh, just a general landscape, best pick, worst pick, you know, all this type of stuff. I loved looking at this stuff for team building and look at trends and patterns, uh, you know, and concepts for, and I still get to do that to some degree, um, at over at football. I mean, we record that, you know, interrogation rooms and I get to live vicariously, not just, you know, our, uh, subsession of drafts, but get subscribers on and talking about their draft. So I get to do that, but this kind of got my juices going again, where you sent over the link that, uh, you know, Hey, got a draft going on. It's like mock draft. Who cares? <laughs> let's look at the draft. You know, let's get excited. Let's, you know, I mean, we're in this mode of, I do waivers. I think about trades. I set my lineups. Like, I, I, again, I enjoy in season, but I don't know about you, Katie. I mean, the off season is a lot of fun because it's it's drafting. There's player value going on. You still have plenty of stuff going on. It's rookie draft season. It's it's scouting season. I mean, it's just there's a whole different thing going on. And frankly, that's 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 longer than the regular season. So uh, that that really should take our attention because it's more of our, our our quote unquote day, if you will. Right. So just for for those that were disheartened or maybe disheartened when. Le'Veon Bell went to Kansas City on Clyde <laughs> Edwards-Alaire's value. It went McCaffrey at the one, Barkley at two, Elliott three, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire went fourth. Then Kamara. I cannot believe anybody would take yeah. Clyde Edwards-Alaire over Kamara, but they did. And then Jonathan Taylor, this yeah. was, again, before Sunday's games, and people may knock him down a peg. And Dalvin Cook went at the uh, 110, so he probably would be knocked up a peg or two. Uh, there would be some shuffling, but there are two rookies solidly in that first round conversation for startup with uh, start one quarterback. Yep. Yeah. And, and I would just remind folks again, I mean, a lot of the stuff we're saying, I mean, you got to put the prism of, well, I play in a super flex league or this one's going to be too tight end. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Then you've got so to make modifications. For running for sure. backs and wide receivers outside of the first round, round and a half. I mean, this is pretty much worse. I mean, this is pretty much worst case scenario of how high they would go. Back it up from there, you know, put the put the uh, the beeps on there, you know, to, to back that Brinks truck, Brinks truck up. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, is there any other thoughts uh, you want to put on this? Any any final bows? Um, just guys with small sample size, like Claypool, for example. I think the fifth round is it's still as tempered as that is compared to where I've seen him go in trades. Right. I still think that he probably would go even higher in a startup, and that's dangerous stuff, especially well, when no Chenault at wide receiver twenty one is well exactly Chenault exactly he was wow. going to be another mention. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's nice to see Tyler Boyd getting some respect in the fourth round. Yeah. Um, DJ Chark, uh, I'm, I'm not sold on his. I was going to bring that value. one up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. In, the, in the top 30 with the season he's having, how do you, yeah. here's the thing with Jacksonville. I mean, if they, I mean, quarterback situation can change. Sure. But you're, you're talking, you're taking 
Chark, and you're taking Chenault in the top 30 wide receivers. That offense, that team, two wide receivers in Dynasty top 30. Okay, I'm out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think there should be any. <laughs> so, so I am right. the wrong target audience for 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 that soapbox. Um, yeah. So so really good stuff. Um, in terms of we are probably about three weeks in from many dynasty trading deadlines or maybe the earliest ones. Uh, do you have a, do you have a, a tip or two in in final thoughts for folks getting into, you know, they've picked their team direction. They're being more aggressive, getting into the trade market tips for, for those folks. Right. So now you should have a very good idea whether you are going to make the playoffs or not. Um, I've had some teams turn around. I started off with like four losses in a row and now I am, battling into uh, potential contendership. That doesn't mean I'm going to trade the moon. Uh, that means that some of my players are starting to get healthy again, and I'm going to take that boost and run with it and you know, just let my taxi squad or injured reserve guys come back and, and help bolster rather than make a lot of trades with that type of team. Maybe maybe one or two to bolster a position if I need to, but nothing that isn't a dynasty move. It's very easy to, at this time of year, make a trade out of reaction. Uh, it, it now is a perfect time, whether you're a contender or non-contender, to buy low on guys like Zeke and guys like Jonathan Taylor, who is banged up a little bit, and a lot of people are dissing him on Twitter. And uh, same thing with DeAndre Swift. Their values right now are really nice, and they could still turn it around for the second part of the season, uh, but they're a good dynasty trade. But even if they so, don't, it's okay. Exactly. They're, right. They're still young, and uh, you know whatever... Take that discount. Take that discount. Uh, I had a buddy, you know, talking to me about Jonathan Taylor, and it's like, what do you think? Is he Trent Richardson or is he for real? It's like, he's for real. Just take the discount, say thank you very much, and run. Uh, you know, there's certain guys, and, and if he does turn out, at least Trent Richardson still had a really good run where you could sell him high. Um, so it wasn't like he just fell off the deep end in one fell swoop. Uh, dynasty players, you, you've got to have a little bit of patience, a lot of patience at some times. Um, I saw somebody drop Odell Beckham Jr. in a salary cap league. He had a high price on him. It wasn't, it was like 10% of the overall budget, but the guy just straight dropped him. And then somebody questioned, should I pick him up? It's like, what, what do you mean, should you pick him up? <laughs> like, of course you should. <laughs> if you bid if, on him, do you bid the salary, or is it you? Just... Yeah, you would you would get stuck with the salary, but oh, it's you get still... the ten percent of the thing salary. What or whatever you bid? You I don't bid know how the salary. bidding. I don't know how no, the bidding works to I pick just, him up, I but I know that if up, you yeah. get him, if you get him, you get him at the salary he was dropped at. That, that was my question. His, so you would get him right. at ten percent. You could bid whatever. Ten percent of 10%. your budget. Yeah, would go towards that player. Yes, and for like a four year contract. So and not trade for it. <laughs> and right, and you didn't even have to trade for him. So absolutely. Um but yeah, so you should know whether you're a contender or not. It doesn't matter whether you're a contender or not going to make the playoffs. Make dynasty trades. Don't overreact to bad play 
or injuries. Don't underreact. Just stay steady. Again, everything that we've been saying all along, just put on your hat. You know what you saw in the, in, you know, before you made rookie decisions, before you built the team and everything. Um, Don't just go for that hot player. They could just as easily get injured. There's no guarantee they're going to score points for you. The points they scored last week are gone. So don't be enamored by that. Don't go chasing points. Yeah. Points from last week and last month are like waterfalls. Don't go chasing them. (laughs) <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, do want to give a shout out uh, for the UTH uh, subscriber contest for the, the best ball over at MyFantasyLeague.com. Uh, Frank uh, Neville, uh, he actually emailed me uh, saying he woke up and he, he was like, woohoo, I won it. You know, I took it down this week. Uh, so wanted to congratulate Frank. Uh, pretty low score. I thought scores were low in general this week, fantasy-wise, uh, outside of, you know, Dalvin Cook and uh, Patrick Mahomes, a few other guys. But, uh, but yeah, uh, he had the perfect week to take it home, five-point edge over everybody else in the field. He, be- he has DJ Dallas. I don't know how many people in the field have DJ Dallas. Uh, but he came through with 26 points. Corey Davis, he had his best game of the season. Marvin Jones, uh, he scored a couple touchdowns. He got Kenny Galladay out, so it might be a shot in the arm with Marvin Jones for Frank. TJ Hawkinson has been highly productive this year, underratedly so. He didn't get big games out of Jared Goff and Ben Roethlisberger, but he goes four starting quarterbacks deep with Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford. And uh, let me see, he got Jalen Rager back, uh, so that could help him in future weeks. J.K. Dobbins put up a nice game uh, with uh, no Mark Ingram. Good to see him with extended usage. And Kareem Hunt, still the starter in Cleveland before Nick Chubb returns possibly in a week or two. And he also gets Chase Edmonds, among other folks, coming back uh, for a spot start after his bye. He's got Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks. Neither one was traded uh, from what I saw today. So um, they will be back from bye next week as well. So good on Frank, uh, taking it home. And Katie, you're in the top spot still in uh, over we Andy Rizzo there. We flip-flopped because, uh, yeah, he took the spot last week by a point, and Couple I got it now by now. two. So yep. I am uh, in the top five. I would say yeah. the field has gained on you guys a little bit. Bart yeah. is up yeah. pretty close. You got Andrew Callio uh, there. I'm in the fifth spot, and it's pretty much just the two of us, Katie, because Jordan is about middle of the pack. Tim is even farther back. So uh, so expert slash staff-wise, uh, this is it. It's the two of us. Uh, I'm to, used uh, to it. To, I'm used to it. So. Lean to, I, I think, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Have you been, what's your worst finish over the years in this? Top I've 10? been, I believe, top five all Every the time. Year? Top yeah. five all the time. Uh, all right, not, there you go. not during the entire contest, but yeah, by yeah, the but end the, of the year. Yeah, the end, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think if we go back and look. I, I Yep. I know you finished high most, I, I thought there might have been one year where you were like, you know, not so much in terms of five or ten. But uh, but yeah, I mean, my memory is you're, you're right there. You know, at the end of the year, a lot would would be my key takeaway. So congratulations, Frank, uh, taking it down this week. KD in the top spot. We'll continue to track that over the rest of the year over at myfantasyleague.com. And uh, yeah, everything Katie said about trading uh, is explore the the value market because in season is wild. Uh, you saw that in a startup draft. Things in January, February, they'll settle in, you know, and and it'll be like, oh, you know, everyone, it's a little more paint by number, like in terms of what people expect in terms of trading, what you might see in startup drafts. But it's going to be fresh when we get out of the season. And certainly right now, uh, player value is all over the place in leagues of who's contending, who's pretending, and 
uh, again, what did you do uh, last month and last week that's going to alter it potentially by 10, 20% even. All right. So Katie Flower is on Twitter at FF underscore Skyler 399. I am at Chad Parsons NFL. Reminder of pet about patreon.com slash UTH as well as the new premium podcast setup. So you've never been a better time to subscribe at UTHDynasty.com. Until next time, never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those dynasties.